2: Hello everybody and welcome to your latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast. I'm your host for today, Christian Walsh. Ian Doyle is not here. He's uh, applying some suntan lotion because he's off to America soon. He'll look like a burnt crisp in about two weeks' time. That'll be fantastic to see. Uh, joining me today is not our Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, James Pearce. He is here, but he's in the office. He's got a lot of work on, so uh, he's taking a back seat. We've uh, rotated them today. But um, I'm... Delighted to say we have uh, three stalwarts with us in the room, and uh, first of all, it's Tor Paul Ghost. How are you?
3: I'm not bad, Christian. Yeah, thank you. Are you
2: alright? Yeah, I'm. I'm okay. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm doing good. I'm, yeah, I'm getting it. It's Friday, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've also is got it? Connor. done.
3: Sure. Don't even know what day it is anymore. Well, that's
2: it. We're Christmas, isn't it? You, you don't <laughs> exactly, know. Yeah. It's it, it's three days after Christmas.
3: <laughs> Hello, Christian. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hello, Connor.
2: <laughs> Do you know what day it is? Uh, Friday, by the sounds of it. it. Yeah, we think it's Friday. I don't it. know. It's
3: Friday because of how busy we are.
2: That's true. Press conferences, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? That's normally press conference day. And um, we've also got Phil Squires. How are you? Good, cheers, you. Yeah, not too bad. Do you know what day it is?
1: I just know it's my first day back in work.
2: Well, yeah, and that's never, ever, ever a good thing. I'm but also what... very well, thank you, Christian. Um,
1: I've just i I've seen you all day, Connor.
2: <laughs> I know that you're fine. You're never not fine. <laughs> that's very true. You know, you'll tell me if you're not fine. It's, it, that's the sort of relationship we have. Um... And the sort of relationship Liverpool have with uh, the Premier League at the moment is a very much a love-love one because they are top of the Premier League, six points clear of Tottenham, seven points ahead of Manchester City. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but first the Newcastle game. Uh, Paul, I'll start with you. Uh, a 4-0 victory against Rafa Benitez's Newcastle. It's the perfect Boxing Day present, wasn't it?
3: It was, and I said that. Last week, that if Klopp would have hand-picked the games before the season, he probably would have picked Newcastle on Boxing Day at home. It was just such a, an accommodating one for them, just to, just to rack up the points and, and just keep it all ticking along. Um, Newcastle probably had a few more chances than was expected. Um, everyone knows Rafa Benitez likes to kind of dig in and get very defensive when he goes to these these big teams away, and um, they, they had a couple of, of decent chances actually, but you never really felt that the result was going to be in any doubt. And as soon as Liverpool opened the scoring just a matter of um, how many more would they get and to be fair to Newcastle, they actually have defended quite well at times this season and not shipped too many goals but Liverpool kind of turned their on didn't they in the second half and and ran away with it and kind of ran up a scoreline which you're more used to seeing last season Um, so Liverpool are in the goals at the moment and um, they're not shipping any so it's a perfect recipe
2: Phil, just picking up on what Gorsley said there I mean we'll move on to the game specifically in a moment but you know, Paul just said there about how it was slightly reminiscent of last season, a scoreline that you'd be used to last season. I d I don't think anybody might have realised this, but they've started scoring goals and quite regularly once more, you know, three against Manchester United, three against Burnley, uh, was it four against um who was it? Bournemouth. Bournemouth, of course. So it feels that the balance there, everybody was saying around October time, oh just wait until this Liverpool side's clicked. Do you feel like they're starting to click?
1: I think they've uh, clicked over the last two months and people just haven't really paid attention. It's that easy narrative to say they haven't. Like um, Sky have only started paying attention really to Salah scoring again now. He's right at the top of the scoring charts, but he's been doing this for the last two months as mm-hmm. well. So quite impressive that the goals are coming. You think two, three weeks ago, Liverpool were trailing Manchester City's goal difference by an almighty amount. Now they're level. Um month, six weeks ago, we had three teams at the top of the table all unbeaten. It was changing the lead, what, three times a weekend. Now Liverpool have got that lead, it's like, well, where's this come from? They have just been quietly doing the business, steamrolling teams, and it's just what you need going into the second half of the season. And if you look at the results last year, it's exactly what they did last year. It was only this time when they really hit form, and it took them all the way to the Champions League final.
2: Is it nice to see Conor Dejan Lovren get on the score sheet? You know, A that, that little bit of nerves, Newcastle you know, have an opportunity to go 1-0 up, and you start to think, oh, not one of those days, please, and then... Pops your centre half with a shot that he's tried about 50 million times <laughs> um, and hit somebody on the cop every single time. But bloody hell, it went in nicely, didn't it?
0: Yeah, of course. Obviously, really nice to see him scoring. Um, it's not something you see from him very often, but I just think, you know, it's good to see him playing him well. And I think he comes on for a lot of unfair criticism, to be quite honest with you. You know, he has the odd five minutes where he might not play real, well, but that seems to be all people see in his games. But, you know, when you score and when you do that in a tie like when you sort of in either way as you said it's like you know silences people doesn't it because what can they say after that and yeah no I I really enjoy I really enjoy seeing that obviously you enjoy seeing absolutely anyone score but I thought it was nice for Lovren and yeah as we spoke about him before haven't we and sort of said you know
2: coming from some unfair criticism so yeah it's good. I mean Klopp said today at his press conference about how he's had a very good 2018 Champions League finalist World Cup finalist. Mm. Uh, uh, I suppose this is a 2 pronged question. Number one, have people been too harsh on on you know Dejan Lovren in, in general? Even now, you know, because when Joe Gomez was out, Lovren came back, people were worried about him. And number two, has Joe Gomez got a, a real face on his hands when he goes back uh, from from injury? Because you know, how do you drop Lovren in this uh, in this situation? Yeah, I think number two is probably
0: are going to be a real problem for Klopp because Massive will be back as well. And I think they've all got a massive fight on their hands, apart from Van Dijk, obviously, because he's the one you're going to look to rely on. But yeah, I just don't know how any of them can see themselves with a genuine starting place every week because they're all playing so well, which is a lovely problem to have for Klopp, but massively comes into players' happiness, which we're going to speak about later as well, aren't we? But yeah, I think Joe Gomez will be looking at that and thinking Lovren's taking his chance as I did myself. Um So, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what happens. And then in answer to part one, uh, yeah, I think people have been a bit too harsh on him, to be honest. I think his mouth probably hasn't helped him, Mm. um, which is kind of sin. people you know, jump on what he's saying rather than looking at just his performances on the pitch.
2: Although he's only answering what journalists are asking him, to be fair. He's not yeah. standing on top of the live birds with a megaphone. <laughs> We're part of the saying. problem and I apologise. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it is, it's, well, what can he do? He's asked the question. No, exactly. Answered.
0: No, 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 I, I completely agree. that when that happens, people are always just going to mm. jump on it on the end. And then people have always got an easy rhetoric with him because he didn't win either of the finals and that's, you know, always going to be trotted out. But despite that, you can't, you can't look at what he's done this year and think,
2: you know, anything other than, wow. Connor kind of says it's a nice problem to have and generally I'd agree with him but is it maybe also a little bit of a headache for Klopp when it's a defensive dilemma because it's all about that routine, it's all about those partnerships. Is that is that something that could unexpectedly hurt Liverpool when Joe Gomez comes back, when Joel Matip comes back? Klopp isn't quite sure on what is who the best partner yeah. for, for Virgil van Dijk is.
3: Yeah, well, he he was basically forced into starting Gomez so frequently, wasn't he, at the beginning of the season because Lovren was was injured with his, his back problem. So that kind of forced his hand and, and Joe Gomez took his chance. Um, he's developing into one of the finest young centre backs in the Premier League and it's just a shame to see him pick up the injury a few weeks back. But Dejan Lovren has come in and he's taking his chance now and to be fair to Lovren, as, as Connor says, he, he hasn't put a foot wrong for a good while now. He, he's, he, off the top of my head, I'm probably thinking that the, uh, the penalty for Everton, which is over a year ago now, which is the last kind of big mistake he made, and it was so frequently before then, wasn't he? Before, basically, Van Dyke came in, that's kind of been a little bit of a catalyst for, for Lovren to turn his form around. And, and even Joel Matup, he's come in and, and played well when he's been asked, hasn't he, at, at various points this season. So um, Klopp's, Klopp's got four very good centre-backs, um, and it is an issue for him thinking who's going to be the the best the best pair because we know it will be Virgil Van Dyke but um, the the third spot is, is sorry the second spot is kind of up for grabs for for any of them three. He's got
2: to rest at some point though surely as well Van Dyke or does he? You know it, when he came to Liverpool it, there was this sort of. This narrative wasn't that he was not necessarily made of crisps, but he was very, you know, he missed a, lot, a little bit of time yeah, through no, injury. I mean, he was injured before he, yeah. he moved to Liverpool. He yeah,
0: had that stomach injury as well this year, didn't he? Yeah. Um, in the Champions League. So I guess, you know. Sorry, I meant Van Dyke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yes, yeah he had yeah. A stomach injury, didn't he?
1: Was it a rib? Was it a uh, the stomach?
0: I'm sure it's Van Dyke. He came off one of the games I'm sure he
2: did he came off in one no no he did sorry yeah yeah sorry sorry. Yeah, so I'm thinking I'm thinking. stomach Lovren I mean, and that. I was along yeah, with Phil but you're right Yeah, it was against <laughs> Funn- Southampton yeah it was against yeah, Southampton yeah, yeah, yeah. it was there you go. so yeah clearly
0: they may need him to rest at some point as well And you, you think he you needs games like Burnley and how people like that are playing this year you might not need Van Dyke to play every you single know. match. So, yeah, I think you know it's a nice problem. Well,
1: you've got the uh, Bayern Munich first leg. That's probably going to be the audition, isn't it? For the two of them to say which one is going to be the first choice and it's back partnership going forward. It's, it's pretty a big games
3: to, yeah. uh, to to have an audition, or something. <laughs>
2: up against Lewandowski. Best of, best of luck, gents. Uh, move on to the second goal then. Um, obviously, Liverpool go in at 1-0 at half-time. Club uh, says after the game that he had to change a few things, and you know it wasn't a vintage performance in the first half. But within a minute of the second half, Liverpool have a penalty. Theo, was it a dive?
1: I don't think so. I think there's uh, enough contact there to go down. Um, with the way Salah is, he's a very mobile player. He's a very quick player. He's trying to struggle for, struggle for challenge, and he's been pulled back. It's obviously going to stop his momentum. I know there's debates there over what is a penalty, what isn't a penalty, but what's happened he's running into the box he's got a shot on goal if the challenge doesn't come in and it stopped him from potentially creating a clear-cut opportunity um and it really opened the game up for Liverpool after that as soon as the second goal went in the doubts were gone um they were going to get that resounding win which they perhaps weren't confident of in the first half
2: well again it's 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 that stat that Liverpool haven't now conceded I think it's 20 games in the league um more than one goal so if they go Get two goals, yeah. they've won the game. Um, were you surprised, Paul, about the, the kick off over Mo Salah? Because when it happened at the time, you saw it and you went, Oh, it's a bit soft, that, yeah, yeah. but it, it all of a sudden spun into this narrative of, Oh, you know, well, Nias got done, and uh, you know, was it just a bit of social media noise there? Oh, yeah, o- opposition yeah. fans desperate to, for them to miss the next That's two games. That's
3: exactly what it was, and that was all it was. Um I think when you put your hands on on the, the forward and penalty area, you're inviting trouble, aren't you? Sam Alley said that after exactly. Dominic Calvert-Lewin? Yeah. I mean, people might say that Dominic Calvert-Lewin one was soft. I thought at the time it was a penalty, um, and I'm actually not just saying that, you know, 12 months on. Um, and it, it was soft, but if you, if you do grab them, it, it's more than likely going to be a penalty. Um, and I do think it was just kind of social media typical, um, you know, the, the fumes was there, wasn't it, when a lot of fans were kind of harking back to an Umani-ass incident, which is what, two years ago, was it? Um, Paul Dunham must put his hand on Mohamed Salah. It was a soft one, and for me, it was a penalty. I think it was interesting that the
0: FA were commenting that they were going to take no retrospective action. If they did that for every dive or yeah. perceived dive in the Premier League, <laughs> they'd never do anything else. So, yeah, I, f- I found it really strange, the amount of attention around it, even from them.
2: I, it was hard to report on because, you know, I was putting the headline on, on the piece and it was sort of, you know, uh, was it Mohamed Salah escapes ban? Well, he has escaped the ban because he he, should, he, was, never he was never in danger a, of yeah, having won yeah, yeah. So it was sort of avoided retrospective action. And, you know, obviously that's not a very sexy headline, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, but ultimately it was sort of like, well, man is fouled, so FA aren't going to punish him for being fouled yeah, got, you know exactly even if it was or wasn't a foul if you went down it a bit too easily it just you, you just wouldn't have seen you know any sort of retrospective action happening Connor, heads are falling off aren't they <laughs> um, to, to, to put it lightly though heads are falling off I mean I, I'm talking about rival fans here Everton Manchester United Arsenal Chelsea Tottenham yeah everybody who wasn't a Liverpool fan wanted Salaban there because it just shows you they really are you know not run the way with it at the moment, but there's the, the such a threat to everybody that they just want to see Salah on the sideline. Yeah, people are in absolute bits about it, aren't <laughs> I mean, they? To be honest, I saw so many
0: people like, "Oh, if Salah didn't play, if Fenduk didn't play, you'd be an EFL one team." And I have just, just like, "Seen that? Yeah, yeah <laughs> Just, just, lose, just going absolutely off on one, and that uh, yeah.
3: two best players wouldn't be very good. I'm pretty happy about it, to be honest. Well, you know, it, it just it, makes it, me giggle, it, and but just it, think, it just well, makes
0: you realise, doesn't it? You're like, really what? scared about what they can do, yeah, and you want to span for. Arsenal and it's had a ban for Arsenal it's had a ban for City because you think without him that they're going to beat him. But, you know, in reality, he's not going to be banned and so there's your, there's your worry. some time of well, it's uh,
1: weird for me as well because you think a few weeks ago he's been hacked against Bournemouth mm. and he's stayed on his feet and he's going to score a great yeah. goal. Yeah. Um, I've looked at the penalty numbers today. I think Liverpool have had 14 since Salah's joined the club. He's only won five of them. Considering a player with that sort of talent, that pace, scoring as many goals as he has, um, he's going to get kicked in the box to only win five penalties it shows he doesn't go down easily. He's not a diver. He's not looking for it. It's just what happens when you've got your most dangerous player in the penalty area.
2: Well, that's it. It was the first penalty Liverpool have had in 424 400 days, yeah. uh, yeah. days, wasn't it? Considering how much time Liverpool yeah. spend in the opposition box, that that's a remarkable stat, isn't it? I mean, again, people were moaning about that. Paul saying, oh, you know, Liverpool always getting the penalties. Well, they don't. It, it, it's a rarity at Anfield, certainly.
3: Penalty pool, yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it um, when that stat came out on, on Boxing Day. 400 and. Twenty-four. What 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 penalty was it? Was that it, was the Milner one, Sam one, which Alton. he didn't score. Yeah.
2: So the last one that he did score, which was over two years ago at Anfield, was Milner against Sunderland, who are now in League yeah. One. I mean, the
1: last <laughs> one they had then uh, Salah-Hoddersfield. Sorry, Salah-Hoddersfield, Salah
2: Huddersfield. Sorry, Salah Huddersfield. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well done, Theo It
3: just, <clears> just shows you, doesn't it? Um, as Theo mentioned, like the amount of attacking that Liverpool do, and the, the amount of goals he scored, and time they spend in the opposition area. How have they not been given more penalties? But, the palace get about fifteen a season, yeah. But maybe it's it kind of it's kind of the character of the players not to go down as easy as other players might do. I, I don't know. Um, I've you know, seen Peyton Liverpool as a bunch of angels there, but maybe maybe that that's got something to do with it. But it is an interesting little stat that Liverpool have, have haven't had a penalty for so long. Do
2: you think, Theo, it's possibly the fact that referees feel like they need to make a grand stand in front of the cup? You know, it's it's almost become the reverse now, where you know. Uh, He'll give it the big two on wave away. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not, you know, it used to be a massive thing, didn't it, at Old Trafford? You know, I think Danny Murphy scored that penalty in 2004, and it was the first penalty yeah. scores at Old Trafford in yeah. 10 years by an opposition uh, side. Is this sort of the reverse here, where, you know, referees are scared to give Liverpool penalties in front of the cop because that's the easy thing to do?
1: I think it all goes through runs of phases, doesn't it? Like you just said about the United run. I think um, how many penalties have we scored at Old Trafford since then? Mm. Um, you think to the 2013-14 season, Steven Gerrard got, what, double figures? Most of them were penalties. Yeah. A couple of years ago, James Milner pretty much did the same thing. All of them were penalties. From left back. Um, so it's just that run at the moment that they haven't had those penalties. Um, they're still getting them in Europe. Um, they had a couple in the cup competitions just, guess, Premier League officials are thinking there's that maybe reputation for them to go down easily. Um, But when you think of all these Liverpool goals that they're scoring, how many of them are screamers from outside the box? Liverpool players don't really try their luck from, well, the centre-backs do, (laughs) (laughs) but the rest of them don't try the luck from 25, 30 yards. They try and work it into the area, and they've got such quick feet, they try and stay on their feet. Um, So... I'm guessing there's a lot of bodies in the way there because defences get desperate. So, you're probably a bit harsh on referees sometimes because they're not getting a clear view of it. So, it'll be very interesting to see how much difference VAR makes.
2: Shakiri makes it 3 0. The power cube delivers once more. Connor, you uh, brought us a fantastic stat. Uh, how many minutes is it when the four are on the pitch, the, the main front four? Oh, floor? it's
0: absolutely crazy. It's uh, every 28 minutes when Shakiri, Salamanay and Firmino are on the pitch that they score a goal. It's An outrageous stat because how you can play at that level consistently. I think we've played in what nine or eight games, is it now? And to carry on scoring like that is yeah, somewhat spectacular. I think it's only two goals conceded as well, and like twenty-two goals like scored. So they're clearly an unbelievable attacking threat. But I'm gonna have an interesting view about whether or not
2: I start Shigiri for them. Well, we'll move on on to that, Um, (laughs) Paul. Is the is is the key to that stat and and the key to those four? Is that it's not being run into the ground, and the fact that it is being yeah. used sparingly, and therefore it's almost like a, a power play by Klopp, isn't it? You know, this is when he shows his hand. and goes right here. We go. This is what we can do.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think when Klopp's played the three in midfield, he's kind of been a little bit reluctant to to use Shaqiri there, hasn't he, for fear of maybe conceding a little bit of um, a little bit of possession in, in the midfield area to, to other teams. But there's no doubt that when all all four of them are playing, it's you know, it's, it's mouthwatering combination is it and just, what is it every 28, every minutes? 28 yeah. minutes yeah just, they're certainly showing it when they're on the pitch aren't they um i must admit security has been he's surpassed my expectations i thought he was going to come in and be a, a really good squad player and fill in for 15 20 minutes here and there for maybe salary or Mane. but he's coming in and he's carving out his own little niche now and he's he's scoring isn't he and he's hes making you know he's having big impacts at, on on games and None was that more so than when he came on against Manchester United and scored twice and basically took the game away from United and that was a massive three points over the last few weeks. So he's he's really impressed me this season.
1: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
2: So in between 3-0 and 4-0, we sort of move on here. In between 3-0 and 4-0, something happens at the King Power Stadium and that's Leicester City score to make it 2-1. Anfield goes ballistic and then a couple of minutes later Fabinho scores to make it 4-0 and the, the cop roars like they haven't heard on a, on a non-European night in a long, long time. Is this the moment then where, I'll put it to you first, Paul, is this the moment where Liverpool genuinely believe that not only are they in a title race but they're in control of a title race? Oh,
3: definitely, yeah. And I think y- you can tell from the, all the, the, uh, the fume about Salah that other teams are starting to believe that Liverpool are genuine as well. I think a lot of fans, obviously every year everyone hopes and, and dreams but uh, now they, they kind of believe and they're almost expecting now that they got a six point lead and I think that was the the reaction of the cop when the news filtered through, it was old school wasn't it, it was like, remember on the final days when people used to have the, the radios to the had not find out how the teams were getting on, it was kind of like that when it filtered through, um, yeah I think that was the moment when everyone kind of thought "Okay, this, this is ours to lose now and that that is certainly the position they're in right
2: now. I mean, I'm not breaking my own confidence here, Paul, but I mean, you know what the reaction was like in this office when the the Bet Three Six Five console came up and, and um, <laughs> because it was it, it was on Soccer Saturday and they say there's been a goal of the King Power and I just couldn't be bothered waiting for Matt Letizia or whoever it was to tell me who <laughs> scores, so I just went on Bet Three Six Five and um, I think You're I doing think.
3: cartwheels around the room, uh,
2: yeah, just slightly. <laughs> um, Theo, it's. What's different about this title challenge than than any of the others? Because I can't really... They're all, they're all different in the sense of how they've come about. I know that. You know, 13-14, it was sort of an explosion around about March time whenever everybody went, oh my goodness, Liverpool are really good and they're in this race. Oh eight oh nine was a bit of a weird one where it was it was a title race but never really was a title race. What What's different about this one compared to the, to the previous two?
1: Uh, that Liverpool are probably best side in the division at the moment. Um, I think... I don't really like this uh, confidence we've got at the moment. and I know that's not the right way to say no, it. No, no, no. But wait, wait, I think... Um, um, you're not used to it. Yeah, it's weird. Like at 08-09 when Ben Ayun scored at Fulham yeah. and all the fans are going, we're going to win the league. It's like, no, we're going to jinx it. It's still a chance <laughs> to screw it up. Um, there was a charity game in 13-14. I think it was the Hillsborough one. Yes, it and was. And they're all singing that there as well. It's like, we can still throw this up. But when we were saying today, Liverpool can lose at City and still be quite comfortable there. It's like it's a free hit now. And it's a very foreign uh, position for us to be in, for certainly for fans of my age, for the majority of our office, I suppose. We've not even had the chance to watch this as a fan, never mind report on it as journalists. Um, Klopp has just built a very, very good side. that um now to win football games. We were debating with Sam Carroll earlier um, what's different about this, because Liverpool probably aren't playing the best football in one-off games. That's probably City or Spurs but they know when to turn it on. They when know when to grind out. It's more like uh, Ferguson's United. when You hated them, but you respected them. Um, and because it's our first taste of this, you're still thinking, oh, maybe they are going to slip up. But teams don't slip up from this position. So hopefully I'm not jinxing it here. But City did it last year. They just stormed the second half of the season haven't had such a lead. Maybe this could actually be the time for Liverpool to do it.
2: Go, so you did a little piece about Klopp's time at Dortmund and... Mm-hmm almost how this might have been the plan all along, in a way, because this is how Dortmund have, have, have won titles. And, you know, I'm just saying, again, not jinxing it. They have won the title. A lot can happen. We've seen that with Man City already. You know, two games against teams that they'd expect to beat, and they've lost both of them. But at the moment, Liverpool six points clear after 19 games with an incredible, you know, record. This is what Klopp did at Dortmund the two seasons he won
3: it. He did. He hit the front... The, the first season in one I think was around about 11 games in and then they, they stayed there right the way through and then the season later it was a little bit later on I think it was match day 20 and again they, they stayed there and it's kind of how Jürgen Klopp wins titles he, he gets, a, gets his nose in front and he stays there um and that, that wasn't really what people expected a few weeks ago people were kind of saying as long as Liverpool can kind of maintain what they're doing and just stay on City's coattails there might be a chance of overturning it at some point and, and that happened when when um, Liverpool went to Bournemouth and batted them and then Chelsea beat City that was the, the day wasn't it that they were all turned and Liverpool haven't really looked back since and the lead they've got now is is incredible really to think that Liverpool is six points clear going into January only once as a, as a team had a lead of that margin um, or greater in, that, in Premier League era since it went to 20 teams and, and thrown it away and that was Newcastle's famous Collapse wasn't it under Kevin Keegan? Don't sign any Colombian strikers. Yeah, and don't uh, <laughs> don't have a meltdown of uh as has a little go. So yeah, it's yeah. it's all rosy, isn't it at the moment? And for for supporters, as Theo mentioned, of a certain age, they're not really used to it, and still perhaps worried that they're going to get the fingers burnt.
2: I'm the eldest, Connor. um Here, I think, in the room. Yeah, um, 1987. I was born. I know I don't look here, <laughs> but. We've heard all about the teams of 1978 79 and 1987 88 in particular. The seventy eight, seventy nine 79 season, Liverpool have conceded fewer goals at this stage than they did back then. The 87 88 team, Liverpool have more points at this stage than they did back then. Are we looking at the greatest Liverpool side, one of the greatest Liverpool sides ever? But until they win at something, you it can't. can't be labelled yeah. as such. Yeah, totally.
0: Um, I heard quite a few people say after Napoli, like older people than me, that it's nice for them to be able to show their sons that this is what it used to be like to watch a Liverpool side in Europe. Um, and now it kind of just seems like that's filtered into the league and this is what it's like to watch an old Liverpool side just bossing a league. So obviously, I don't want to jump ahead. Nobody wants to. Um, but I think what's changed for me is obviously last season you saw, and the last previous seasons, you've seen Liverpool score countless goals. or well, you can count the goals, but you know what I mean and those same players are still there you've still got Salah scoring you can see they still score but it was when you were one at 1-0 one and you're thinking probably going to score probably going to need to score 2 or 3 here now we're at 1-0 and the ball's in the back and I just think they're not going to score and you've got Van cinema, and I just thinking, yeah this is sound and even <laughs> at the start of the season I was thinking oh it's 1-0 uh, uh. but now I'm like hmm <laughs> <Now you're laughs> it gonna just feels you like it feels on. better and I don't want to again I don't want to jump ahead but it must have been like this back way back when we were winning everything <laughs> And again,
2: this podcast comes with a disclaimer. We're not trying to jinx anything. It, <laughs> I'm it, just, just, it just feels like you can't we'll, talk about anything. It does talk. It feels like you can't say anything without jinxing it. Um, we're trying not to jinx it. 1840 was was hard enough. We're trying not to jinx it. I know I jinxed the Fakir deal <laughs> uh, in, in the summer by recording the podcast before he'd actually put, you know, signed... But Liverpool we'll, we'll did this engine yeah. there, so... Yeah, quite. <laughs> so. Um, OK, that will park Newcastle and Liverpool being six points top clear just for a moment. Just rattle through a few uh, little tidbits. I'll be Moreno was in the news, Theo, um, and we weren't sure if the quotes were true at first because it was quite surprising what he was saying because you don't really see this... Um, he said he was unhappy at Liverpool. He said he doesn't like the weather, um, and and most surprise, well, but that's not surprising. Um, but maybe most surprisingly of all, um, you know, he sort of you know he's not happy with his treatments under Jurgen Klopp. Uh, Klopp's responded by this today. He was sort of straight at it in the press conference. Uh, said he hasn't seen any signs of him being unhappy in training. He's still a consummate professional. He's going in the summer. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, but is it a little bit of a concern when players start speaking up at this time of the season, it, it, when, when there's so much to play for?
1: Um, normally, yes, but I don't think it is massively just because of the player is saying it. Uh, Moreno knows he's not got a future at the club. Um, so saying it at this time, a couple of weeks before the transfer window opens, he might be looking for a January move back to Spain. Uh, he does have a point. He maybe hasn't been unfairly treated, but you think when he was in the team before he got injured last year, yeah. he'd got back in the Spain squad he did, hadn't put a foot wrong and then Andy Robertson just came in didn't put a foot wrong as well mm-hmm. but looked even more assured and Liverpool fans took him immediately after that so he's been hard done by the fact that he hasn't been able to get back in because you look at the rest of the team and they get rotated the left back doesn't Van Dijk doesn't um, but if he doesn't have a future at the club why would Klopp keep playing him when Robertson's doing such an assured job we've always said that the defence is what you want to keep stable the only reason Alexander-Arnold drops out is because of his age. Robertson is entering his peak years so there's no need to do that there uh, when we've had all these years of Liverpool's defence being suspect, you don't want to jeopardise that um, it's probably lost in translation a little bit, it was a bit strong on what he said about mm-hmm. Klopp uh, I'd imagine an agents had a word with him there saying get your name out there at this time uh, if it was someone like Daniel Sturridge, maybe you'd worry a bit more but it's not. Most of the players are happy. Klopp doesn't really fall out with players. Top of the league, most of the players are going to want to see out the season and hopefully get a winner's medal. Do you
2: think Moreno's a bit of an extreme case here? Do you think Klopp is managing the squad well enough?
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, You'd be hard pushed to look around the squad and find anyone who's who's unhappy or, or, you know, obviously unhappy. Um You had
2: those Fabinho rumours, didn't you? Hilariously that uh, PSG was sniffing around on loan. Did you did you see the the, 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 the yeah. keep the keep yeah. uh, you know the, uh, the the quite likes to still shine but now he's playing regularly for Liverpool, they appreciate this isn't uh, very likely to
3: happen. Yeah and James Pierce responded, didn't he on Twitter saying, um I'd still like to play the last ten minutes against Arsenal tomorrow, but I actually <laughs> that's Good. going to be a, a bit unlikely. Maybe he should try his luck with West Ham. They only had six up last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> you could he could definitely get on the bench, Percy, couldn't he? <laughs> All that ball, striker,
3: yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it's um, it, it is it, as Theo mentioned. It is it has been unlucky for for Moreno because he, he got back on the team. He, he forced his way back into the international forward with, with Spain, and then just got injured, didn't he, in that um, Champions League game against. The, um, at Moscow was it was the final game?
2: Sevilla. No, no. Sorry, uh, he, yeah. was, he was bad in Seville, wasn't he? And then he had um, a bit of a meltdown. I think. But, I yeah. think
3: he, he came off in tears that day. And I think he did he against kind Moscow. Of, kind of knew, didn't he, that maybe there and then that the, that was where the, it was going to change for him because he hasn't hasn't barely had a kick since. I you think he's played what maybe three or four times a season. Um, Two league starts. Yeah. What one start against Chelsea? That's where he would have played in the in the Capital One Cup. What's it called now the Carabao Cup. But Liverpool went out straight away, didn't he? So he saw the chances at front front as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean it was a great goal by Hazard, but it did come from his side. Um a very popular figure around Anfield, and I think a lot of a lot of the team will be disappointed to see him leave. But ultimately, um Lapool's Le left back is now one of the best in the Premier League.
2: Are you a little bit worried worried might be a bit too strong, but how do you think Shakiri's dealing with the, his current situation? Because he's obviously come in. He's performing every time he steps on the pitch, but if you're looking at, say, Liverpool playing the Champions League final or the title decider to tomorrow, I'm not sure he gets in the team.
0: Yeah, see, I don't think he gets in the starting 11, does he? Which is obviously an issue, but I think you only need to look at the way that he hugs Klopp when he comes off after playing 20-30 minutes and, you know, it's all smiles, it's all happiness. I know he's playing well, which obviously really helps that, but the relationship Klopp seems to have with players is is really decent and I think... Shaqiri specifically, when Liverpool signed him, they had a plan with him, didn't they? I don't think they ever signed him and said to him, you know what, you're going to start, you're going to be starting 11 every week. So I think he knew coming in what his job was going to be. I don't think he'd be under any illusion. So I think that also obviously helps towards the fact that he may not be playing and starting every single week. And I think as long as Klopp keeps using him, um, as long as he keeps seeing him as the man to come in and change the game, it's still just as important as any other so and I know he'll get I know he'll get that message. So yeah, I, I wouldn't say I was worried at the moment.
1: I see it as uh, similar to when Liverpool signed Daniel Sturridge, like you think then Luis Suarez was the lead striker and he's been told this is your last chance really to make it as a big team. Um Shakiri's had his spell at Bayern, he's had at spell at Inter and it's not happened for him. Now he's realizes he's got to make the most of it. He's been part of a Stoke team that don't necessarily play pretty football. He's suffered relegation with them. Uh, in the past at Bayern he's been on the bench not used in the Champions League final he's come to Liverpool and he knows he's going to get used whether he's starting or not he's just enjoying his football every time he scores you see that big smile on his face fans love him and he's just loving being there being part of it
2: I think that's a good point isn't it you know the fact that Stoke it must be like I don't know You've been in a tyrannical long-term relationship and you can't stand them. And all of a sudden, you know, you're free, you're single, and you've got a VIP in pop world. You know, you got, got, got the you got you got the world as your oyster. And he's obviously expressed himself on the pitch just as anybody would express themselves on that dance floor. Um, a couple of uh, little other tidbits now about the the, the, the young players. Uh, very quickly, Kieran Dowell has gone to Sheffield United on loan. Obviously, he's an Everton player, but uh, Theo. That means that Ben Woodburn pretty much almost certainly will be coming back to Anfield.
1: Yeah, he's injured at the moment as well, yep. isn't he, Ben Woodburn? So um, it's probably the best for him. It's uh, Everton's loss if their player doesn't get enough game time there the way Woodburn hasn't. Um, it's not worked for him. He's still young, though. He's still got a lot of time on his hands, whether he's um, going to need time to get back from injury and then see they're up the season at Anfield or if he's going to maybe look to be loaned elsewhere. Um, potentially Rangers is a possibility because they were looking at Dow Obviously, uh, Ajari has come back and now it's looking like Solanke might be off to another Premier League club instead of Scotland. Um, he's worked with Gerrard as well, but that's just speculation here. we uh, see what happens with Wuburn. He's got the talent, he just needs to start performing on the pitch, but he's got two, three years to do it Compare it to Harry Wilson two, three years ago.
2: Wuburn we'll coming back. Bobby Adekanye, Paul, looks like he's going mm-hmm. um, on a free transfer to Lazio. He's set to join the uh, Serie A side. I've always been impressed by him when I've seen him but you can sort of understand why maybe he thinks, nah, not, not for me this.
3: Yeah, I was surprised that when, when I heard the butter actually, I thought he might have just bided his time and, and was possibly going to get a, a look in in the, in the cup games. He looks a, a very uh, very good player to be honest, he's got one thing that, that's maybe lacking from his game and that's his, his finishing ability but he's such a tricky winger, he's left footed out on that wide right and he he's, he's fast and he can dribble and um, it's a shame to see him go because I would have liked to have seen how he developed really because we know how, how good Jürgen Klopp is at developing young talents and he, he was one that I was going to keep, keep an eye on alongside the likes of Curtis Jones and, and obviously Rian Brewster so yeah disappointed to see that happening and I, and I was surprised. Um, Connor, just very quickly as well, Rafa Camacho might be going on loan to sport in Lisbon, I
2: mean the, the caliber of club there shows oh, yeah, you was, how highly Liverpool race him. That's
0: exactly what I was going to say. You know, going to one of the best teams in Portugal, and if he's going to play football there, that is an incredible loan deal because he'll come back twice the player he is now, and that is no bad thing.
2: And obviously, he impressed on that uh, pre-season tour, he did he's indeed. Yeah. he's one of the first. Yeah, he was, so. he's
0: the one you were looking at at the start of the year, and, and even still, recently, you're thinking he could come into the side at Just right back or whatever. Time, and, yeah. yeah,
2: so that's only that's only a good thing. Okay, now moving on to more senior masses and um Arsenal, Gorsley. Go over this quite quickly I suppose because we're all very nervous and we don't want to jinx it. Um, <laughs> it's, the table we should be just touching this. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it, if only the table was wood. Um <laughs> huge game, Gorsley.
3: Oh massive, yeah. It's um Liverpool can't even dream about looking ahead to next Thursday against Manchester City because this is a, a huge game. Um, Arsenal look kind of rejuvenated under Unai Emery and, and I've been impressed by them this season, they're kind of lingering around, around about fifth now, alongside Chelsea fighting for that top four spot, I was a little bit worried for Arsenal last season, I thought the the gap between them and the rest of the, the top six was that big that it was basically just become going to become a big five and they've kind of wrestled that back this season through obviously what the work Emery's done and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is one of the, the best strikers in the Premier League and he will be a threat, but Liverpool's record against Arsenal and Anfield is really good in recent years, and um, Liverpool's record in general at Anfield over the last na- nearly two years now has been superb, so I, th- I fancy, fancy Liverpool tomorrow, but it'll be a, a, a big test, and, and it's going to be a huge game. Theo,
2: in my mind anyway, in terms of the Premier League, Arsenal are the team who've come closest to beating Liverpool. I, I know Man City missed that penalty, but I'm talking over the 90 minutes, the course of that 90 minutes, it feels like, Arsenal the side who who bloodied Liverpool's noses the most. Is that a good thing or a bad thing for Liverpool tomorrow?
1: Time will tell. <laughs> it's hard to say because um, looking at Arsenal, whilst they've got such good attacking players like Aubameyang, like Gorsley has just said, their defence is pretty bad. Yeah. It's like Liverpool a few years ago. Um, and you just look at Liverpool at the moment, you think they're going to score goals. So it's going to be a case of if you get two, Arsenal shouldn't find a way back into it. And These games have always promised goals. So there's going to be that different element to it. Um, if Liverpool just play their normal game, they should get the job done. I know Arsenal went to Brighton, didn't they? They couldn't quite break them down. So maybe uh, there's a bit of tiredness there. They've got a lot of injuries at the moment as well. Um, trying to find how to get it to stick. Uh, when Liverpool played Arsenal before, they're in the middle of that insane unbeaten run. That's now ended. They obviously lost to Southampton. Uh, Danny Ings doing the business for them. Mm. So um, it's probably not as much of a worry as it would have been a month ago but then you never know when you're playing games every two, three days over this quick period of time and when you've got City on the horizon as well.
2: Champions win this sort of game, don't they?
0: Yeah, they do indeed. I actually think it's probably arguably one of the biggest, well, the biggest Liverpool game of the season to date. I think if you offered me and you had to take uh, either a draw at City or a draw at Arsenal or win it either of the two I'd take the winner at Arsenal and a draw at City because I think keeping getting three points here and keeping the pressure on the rest of the league when it's all just coming right to a head now is just so, so important and I think it'll put such a statement of intent out if Liverpool beat Arsenal tomorrow and I think the rest of the league will really
2: be setting up and being like wow, it's, it's game on. Are we scared about Arsenal? I mean, are we going to tinker with Liverpool's team to, to deal with them, Paul? Or is it a case of Liverpool play their game? I th- yeah, oh, I mean, you, you, you can't ignore yeah. the, the strengths
3: oh. of Arsenal because they've got so many talented attacking players and if they click, they can hurt anyone, even a defence as miserly as Liverpool. But I don't think Jürgen Klopp will be overly concerned by it. I think, whereas Rafa Benitez perhaps focused too much on the strengths of, of the opposition teams, Klopp kind of prefers to focus on the strengths of his own and I think that'll be that'll be the case on, on Saturday. Um I trying not remember what day it was. I'm just going to say the Boxing Day. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Newcastle game didn't really take too much out of the players, did it? They, they never really in any doubt about the results, and it was quite comfortable. So I don't think there'll be too much uh, fatigue in the legs. So I don't see too many changes. Um, it'll just be the midfield, won't it? He might freshen that up as he tends to do.
2: So we go with the normal back five. Yeah. Normal front three. Well, I suppose the the three attackers. So what are we going for midfield? Go on, of course the
3: I think Fabinho might start. Um, and then possibly Mein Alderman, Henderson, maybe. I
2: think he'll go for a bit more kind of a conservative yeah, midfield yeah. free. A little bit more. He talked about the quick breaks to the he, both yeah. Arsenal, and that might play into that. How about you feel?
1: Um, I'm thinking it's four two three one with uh Kater in that weird false eight role, where he's mm. sort of left wing and left centre mid at the same time. When he looks like he's not doing
2: <laughs> anything, but he's probably doing a hell of a no. lot, and we just can't wrap our heads <laughs> yeah. around it. It feels like <laughs> that he's playing that role at the moment. So you know, the statisticians and the analysts at Anfield are probably all over him, but it just looks to me like he's just buzzing around, Connor. Yeah, I'm going to go the same midfield
0: as Gorsi's. I think that's the one I think with Henderson and Rinaldo in there kind of not nullifies Arsenal's threat but certainly looks after their attacking threat a little bit more and then you've got Fabinho in there just to get you on the front foot which he always looks to do. I think that might just be the option for the first sort of 60 minutes and then if you need goals Keita or Shakiri might be the option. Can you look Stop.
1: out the uh, 4-2-3-1 did against United? I think that is the go-to formation at the moment. Yeah. Be
2: interesting yeah. to see. rape right score predictions. Three one, Liverpool obviously. Two <laughs> one, uh, three
3: one
1: Liverpool.
2: I'm going four 0 Liverpool. Four nil. I just, I've just it's got this before. <laughs> just, I've just got this feeling that it is a game for goals. I just, I just think Arsenal have been overperforming this season. And I feel like the 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 are hammering, um, and I think Liverpool could give them it. Go for a five one then. No, they won't concede. <laughs> uh, but, of course, you know, the, the, look, the, this game is so rich in history. It feels like this could be a pivotal game, doesn't it, in terms of you've got the 5-1, as you mentioned. You've got, obviously, the Michael Thomas 2-0. You've got the 4-4. Four four. This feels like a bit of content that we should have done today, but there you go. <laughs> um, it does feel like it has always been, it's always been a, t- a pivotal game in the title race, hasn't it? So... Let's hope if it is, it is falls on Liverpool's favour. Thank you very much to Theo, to Paul and to Connor for joining me today. Uh, hope you're all enjoying your turkey sandwiches and for the vegetarian, your corn ones as well. Um, we will be back on, well, what day is it? Monday, is it New Year's Eve? It probably will be New Year's Eve to... Is it New Year's Eve on Monday? Uh, yes. 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 yes right. <laughs> that, that's the one thing which we're not sure about. Um, to talk about the Arsenal game and also, of course, to preview the massive, massive game with Manchester City. And your night out in Pop World. And my night out in Pop World. Um, yeah. You know, sort of a bit like and on that dance floor. Not that uh, that I'm saying anything about me. Marital status. Um, So, yeah, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, We will talk to you once more before 2018 is out. Um, Yeah, so thanks very much. Enjoy the rest of the festive period here. So a good win on on Saturday. And uh, take care and speak to you Monday. Bye now.
0: This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.